When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. For anyone who normally listens to Women Tech Charge with children, the nature of the content in this episode means that you might want to listen to it in full without the children to decide whether it's one for them. If it ends up not being one for them, then maybe this week you can listen to a previous episode or brainstorm who you'd like to hear from on future episodes. Women Tech Charge is sponsored by Huawei. 20 years connecting the UK. Welcome to this episode of Women Tech Charge. My name is Amri Mafton and I am your host. Now today, my guest is Billy Quinlan, who is the co-founder of Furley, which is the audio guide for positive, mindful sex. Her and her co-founder, Dr. Anna Hushlak, have created this app as a safe space for women to learn about their sexuality and pleasure. So welcome, Billy, to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. And so what is Furley then? So if we if we log on or kind of what can people expect? What do they get when they log in? The easiest way to describe it is sort of a headspace for sex. So it's all audio content designed to take you on a journey to move from a negative place of your sexuality to a really positive place. As you breathe in, feel this air stream into and through your body, like a cup being gently filled with water. So it's a, essentially a digital therapeutic with really engaging audio content and a very guided experience of moving through that content. And the content varies from sensual stories, which are kind of very feminist erotica, to more mindful practices because at Furley we're all about the mind so it's much more about how you feel about sex rather than how you have sex what is going on what kind of conversations and attitudes have you got in your brain and um, we believe sex is between the ears rather than between the legs like a lot of it starts up there so some of the content is just about helping you unpack those narratives those sort of social scripts and redefine what pleasure means to you so yeah lots of sort of guided audio sessions reflection exercises to really help you go a bit deeper in that journey and then playful pieces as well that help you just explore yourself in a really sensual way and as you breathe out 
Imagine you're pushing out any anxiety, any critical thoughts, any worry. How does one end up in this position? What did you think you were going to be when you were older? An A-list actress. So you thought you were going to be an actress. That was what I had my high hopes on. That's what my mum is still pining after. (laughs) Every time I'm I'm on a podcast, she's like, oh, you're one step closer to the dream. (laughs) One step closer to Hollywood. I mean, it would be great if this was like the first step on your journey towards Hollywood. What were you actually doing before you started this? So I actually left my acting dreams long ago and chose to go down the geography route at uni instead. Tech wasn't even in my line of vision at this point. It wasn't until I got into my first job, which was a startup. which I was the first employee. It was really, really fun. And then I transitioned away from that startup into another startup in the city. So this was the first one was sort of in my hometown. And then I really wanted to move up to London and I really wanted to stay in the startup scene, but do something that was a new challenge. So moved into a cybersecurity firm, again, completely different, but same kind of role. That was like my first real taste of tech and what technology can do, diving into that world. And then I moved into the corporate world because everyone kept saying, you're making a massive mistake being in startups. None of my community or kind of wider community had ever done their own business or or been in a startup. So it was really different to them, really kind of a a very alternative route back in 2014. So I moved into an IT consultancy for investment banking. And you know when you have that dreaded feeling when you walk into somewhere and you just know you don't belong? That was day one at that place. And it was the first time I'd had to wear something other than like my gym kit or a pair of jeans to work. And uh, it was a very misogynistic, very old school kind of place. After about 18 months of being at that company, sorry, after six months being at that company, I was F18 months totally. I was just a trigger warning for your audience. I was sexually assaulted in the workplace and that sent me on a very different trajectory um, and a very negative headspace for a while. And it took a lot of crawling my way back out of there. And I started really investing in my health and taking very alternative approaches to my wellness. But it was whilst I was there that I got the spark for being super interested in women, wellness and technology. And that's what eventually led me then to build Furley. But it wasn't a, it definitely wasn't a linear route. And it definitely wasn't a, it wasn't where I thought I was heading by any idea like that. You're like, do you know what? This is quite a big issue. This is something that's affected me personally. This is a bigger, bigger problem. I'm going to take some of the bits and bobs that I've learned along the way to try and broach this or help others deal with sexual assault or harassment or lots of different kind of internal things that might happen as a result of what others have done, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it was the first time that I was made, I was confronted with this concept that our wellness is made up of more than just our physical health and our mental health. There's also this third pillar, which is our sexual wellness, which is something that we never talk about. And when we talk about sexual health, it's always through the lens of procreation or STIs and sort of disease prevention. So it's never through the lens of pleasure or that it's a really important kind of role in our overall health. And going through 
the assault, the sexual assault. And my co-founder lost her virginity through rape when she was a young woman. And so she had also gone on that journey. We came to really understand that there's this really important pillar, which is our sexual wellness, that is fundamental to our health and our happiness. And it's actually an area that impacts so many of us. And so many of us have a very negative relationship to it, but we don't have the language or the tools in order to understand it or make sense of it. And instead, especially when it comes to women, we just think that we're having crappy sex because women just don't enjoy sex that much and sex just isn't that great for us. So that's sort of the narrative that we have around it. And that's the sort of problem that Anna and I went after to really address. And that was where the beginning of Furley actually started, totally unintentionally and not in a very traditional way. I hope that anyone listening is able to take away from this that kind of there's there's always something new and actually kind of personal experience can definitely drive your journey with tech much more than than you might have already thought about even with negative experiences because i think it's 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 almost like a it's a bittersweet that that had to happen for you to be in this position. But I think when we think of the amount of people you'll be able to liberate or the amount of people you'll be able to help or the amount of people who you're helping to become more healthy in a way that they might, they won't have got that support from other places that, you know, they're able to do it using technology in a way that still feels personal and isn't necessarily as public as others would be willing to do maybe to explore something like this. I think it's definitely nice to think that, you know, you can turn, you can, there are all kinds of negative experiences that people have. And this is an example of you being able to turn that for good, for good for others. And also to open up a world that um, might've been kind of kept quiet beforehand. If you've been affected by any of the issues in this episode, we've popped some resources in the show notes for you to access. Women Tech Charge is sponsored by Huawei. 20 years connecting the UK. Um, you're now a tech CEO. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> in, <laughs> Am I? <Ooh>. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in, a niche, in a niche part of tech, in a newer part of tech. I know when you started there was a bit of a push or you were kind of highly encouraged to embrace all of these tech trends. What have you kind of learned? We had a brilliant third co-founder at the time, a guy called Quinn, who was a young tech genius and AI was his favorite area of tech. And when we were first building out Furley, we thought, okay, the problem is that women don't understand their pleasure. The way to understand your pleasure is to masturbate more. The reason they're not masturbating is because the sexual stimulus that exists in the world are a bit crap. So let's make a better sexual stimulus and a better way to encourage them to masturbate that is filled with consent and communication and feels really empowering. And so we landed on this AI chatbot coach. And so essentially, you would talk to this AI who would then give you feedback and then you'd like continue your experience. So it'd be like, hi, Billy, welcome to your session today would you like to start? And then you would respond, yes, let's start. And then they would play the kind of series. And then they would ask you, are you still enjoying this? Would you like me to continue? And then they'd wait for your response. Sounds a bit her. (laughs) Very her. And we started conducting user interviews on it. And honestly, people were just like, this is the weirdest thing ever. (laughs) I do not want to say yes or no whilst I'm masturbating. And I'm also in a shared house with a bunch of people, which is so bizarre that I'm going to be listening to this thing. So we put tech 
in front of the problem without really understanding our user and our customer and what they needed and what problems they were trying to solve. So we got very excited by putting in all this cool technology, letting our engineer lead that and fill his desires to build that, which was really exciting, but definitely didn't solve the human need. We had to really pull it back and we've done that. And we constantly now at Furley ask, who are we serving? What is the problem they're trying to solve? How is tech in service of that problem rather than putting tech first? User-centered approach. You you had some sort of help with your transition via an organization called um, Code First Girls, who anyone who has been listening will know that uh, we spoke to Alice Bent. Benthic in season two and she's the she's the founder of co-first girls and um, why did you what what kind of what were the steps or how did you end up on that program on the co-first girls program tech was definitely outside of my comfort zone actually coding so yes i've been in, in a technical kind of environment for the last two years but actually being hands-on and getting in there with it was very very uncomfortable and new for me and and it was something i was really interested in and i knew that if i wanted to build something that was able to have the kind of level of impact that i had ambitions to do i would need to leverage technology to do that and i didn't want to sit on the sidelines and let someone else do it. I wanted to be able to understand it and communicate with them properly. So I found Copers Girls and I just did their web development course and I learned some HTML, CSS and a little bit of JavaScript. What was really surprising me was how creative it is. I always thought of it as like a very technical industry and one that was yeah, very mathematical. And I didn't I didn't really understand the creative side of it at all until I went into it and I was like, this is incredible. This like this actually fits so much of my personality. I'm very logical and I get creativity from numbers and and from logic and that's what coding is so i loved it i mean that is ultimately that that's basically what technology and what coding is all about you just yeah logically and sometimes like not even incredible. logically put stuff yeah. together and you yeah <laughs> and poof something happens. Yeah, it happens but it's like the most satisfying thing ever was seeing like you input something and then something pop up and be created and you're like oh my goodness I can see how this world is forming and happening and now I'm in it I'm an insider and definitely not deep in it and definitely don't understand a lot of it but just having your like toe on the periphery was quite exciting I mean I'm, I launched my laptop across the room a few times it, when you like miss a little dot or a comma in there somewhere oh my god we've all been there and so you did that as a short course and I guess I, you still would say that you're not super technical i do find that i'm getting increasingly more technical because as a as a as a founder of any kind of tech startup you have to get into the weeds and you have to understand how to have a conversation about these topics so even if you're not the one executing you still need to have a basic grasp of the information and so yeah i'm definitely not technical but i am becoming increasingly more aware of what is required what goes on behind the curtain whether it be the kind of front end development or the now data and kind of analytics side or the testing also just like an unpicking of sort of buzzwords and what you think um these terms that get thrown away that seem like really out of reach and you realize actually they're not like ai for example everyone's doing ai and then you realize no one's doing ai at all it's all just like a flowchart like a logic like i get really interested in just sort of understanding and breaking that down and one of my things like one of my kind of growth targets the next six months is to learn sql and that's you know just a again it's not that deep into that world but it's just constantly evolving my knowledge and, and growing in that area so you're a business yeah you're a businesswoman you're an entrepreneur it's a for-profit thing what's been your experience with investment 
and with speaking to people. Because again, I think this is this is it, you know, not even just because of the topic, but if it's something that's new or something that's pioneering or something that hasn't been delved into deeply enough, I know kind of when we talk about investors, customers, maybe less so, but when we talk about investors and um, other people buying into the idea with funding, I can imagine that that's made it quite difficult as well. So what what have been your experiences with your funding, your fundraising, investors? It's been really mixed. So sometimes it's really positive and then we've had some really negative experiences as well. I think the most frustrating question that we get asked all the time is, are women a niche audience? Wow. Okay. Yeah, sure we are. I mean, lots of us have never met a woman, right? (laughs) It's not like we're 50% of the population. But the reason, I don't know if you've ever read, actually, Anna-Marie, you might have read this, Invisible Women. By Caroline Corrado-Perez. Yeah. She talks about how language is so important and we use men as the default. So when we talk about everything in life, men is the default, the term that we use. And because of that, we have come to think of women as a niche audience because the default experience is is male and masculine. So people genuinely do have this belief that women are (laughs) a niche audience. And that's something that we really have to reverse and have to kind of educate around. And then the other thing is, as you know, with the VC landscape is it is predominantly male still. And they tend to invest in the things that they have empathy for, the problems that they experience in their lives. It's really hard to identify with something that you have no relationship to. So if you walk in there and you are a Roman or a Hims, which are two tech startups focused on male sexuality and male sexual dysfunction, you raise up to 200 million pounds. If you walk in and you say, I'm a female company talking about female sexual difficulties, which is just as large an audience, actually bigger because one in 10 men experience a sexual difficulty and up to one in two women experience sexual difficulty. They go, oh, that's a niche audience. So that's the most frustrating component that you're having to really break down is how to get them to have empathy with the problem very quickly and understand that this is a very big issue that um, we have the ability to solve if we have the money to do it. And then to invest properly in that as well. I think that maybe that's the next stage as well is if it's is someone that has managed to build a little bit of empathy, how do we ensure you've got the right valuations or the right levels of investment and it's not kind of peanuts yeah, that you're then getting exactly. and people kind of congratulating themselves for, for backing Femtech or whatever else it might be. Invest properly because otherwise we're not going to be able to get the same scale and then we'll continue to believe that it's a niche audience but it's not, you just need, you need the money behind you to be able to go and grab those markets. Exactly. And we won't have the language. And also I think as you, as you kind of told from your story, it impacts so much more, like not being healthy in this way, the same as not being healthy physically, not being healthy mentally, not being healthy sexually also has so many knock on effects for, for the rest of what's going on in life. So I'm loving this as a season. I feel like we've said this, I feel like I've said this on every episode, but I think there's so much of the female experience that has ended up not being heard or not being listened to or not being taken seriously. And it's strange that 2020 is is the time that we'll be able to unpick some of this. But I think there's 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 so much to be gained from from allowing that to have a platform, from being able to talk about periods and menstruation and and female pleasure in a way that's progressive and helps people. Um I've really enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Billy, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was brilliant. It was a really fun conversation.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 